This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun. And that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. Welcome to The Megan Kelly Show, your home for open, honest, and provocative conversations. Hey everyone, I'm Megan Kelly. Welcome to The Megan Kelly Show. Well, by now you've all heard the story of Gabby Petito, the young van life blogger whose fiance returned from a cross-country trip without her. The search for Gabby ended last Sunday when a body matching her description was found at a campsite in Wyoming. Her fiance, Brian Laundrie, is on the run. And top investigators believe his family may have worked to help him escape before the police could question him. We're getting new details on all of that. This, as we learn, that the coroner has ruled uh, that it was Gabby's body and that her death was a homicide. Joining me now for the very latest in the case is Brian Enton. He's a correspondent for News Nation, and he's been following all the details on this case since this story broke. In just a bit, we're going to be joined by our legal panel, Mark Iglarsh and Arthur Idala, both of whom have an extensive history in criminal law as lawyers. <laughs> and uh, but I want to get the facts first with Brian. Brian, thank you so much for being here. So the very latest, as I understand it, is this ruling from the coroner that indeed um, we knew it was Gabby and that this was a homicide. But they've said precious little else in terms of exactly how that homicide was committed. Yeah, that's right, Megan. I spoke with the coroner yesterday. Basically, all they're confirming right now is that it's a homicide. They won't give the exact cause of death. And they say now everything has to go through the FBI. Uh, So we're getting very little information from the actual local officials in Wyoming right now. As best we understand, when when do we believe that Gabby died based on, you know, what we know in terms of the boyfriend returning back to Florida and so on? Well, that's that's a good question. And we just don't know. I mean, we're hoping to get that information from the autopsy report eventually. The timeline, it's hard to piece together because there's so many moving pieces and we just don't know who to believe in this case. I mean, um, Brian Laundrie's parents are saying one thing. Things we're seeing with our own eyes outside the house are telling us something different. So it's hard to have an exact timeline because there's like different stories flying around in all different directions right now. Okay, so I don't want to assume that the audience knows the story, even though it's been everywhere. I'm just going to do a little bit of setup and uh, people who understand the story will forgive me for just a few minutes of background if they already know it. And people who don't understand it, uh, I think will be grateful for this splainer, as we say in the news business. Um, Gabby and her her one time fiance, then they called off the wedding and decided to just be boyfriend and girlfriend. Uh, Brian. So they set off from Florida. He was from Florida. She was originally from Long Island. And um, as I understand it, and they decide to go cross country in her in her van um, to see some of the national parks and so on. It was going to be a four month trip. And she posted some some video from, you know, her her van life excursions 
Uh, and people were sort of falling in love with these posts. She was becoming a social media influencer. But let's take a listen to some of her uh, talking about van life on YouTube. So me and Brian just got up and got ready, made the bed in the tent. Brian's stretching, doing some morning yoga. So we are right outside Capitol Reef right now in a uh, free dispersed camp spot. And we've been lucky so far at all the places we've stayed, but I'd say this is one of the best so far. Since we left New York, I've only set up my hammock once, <laughs> and now we're all the way in Utah, and luckily enough, I was able to set up my hammock in one of these trees. This is so disturbing to watch now that you know she's dead. She's 22 years old, graduated from high school not long ago, and now she's dead, and they say, and he's on the run. I mean, you tell me why he's on the run. But this guy, there's reason to believe he had a history of hurting her. Tell us why. So basically, the video you just showed, that's all we had up until a week ago. And everyone thought, oh, my gosh, this is the most beautiful, incredible couple on this amazing road trip. Then came out this uh, this body camera video that showed a whole different side to the situation. We saw that it, there was major trouble in paradise. There was issues with the relationship. Uh, Gabby claimed that Brian hit him. He claimed that Gabby uh, hit her, uh, had hit, had hit him. Um, and it was just a total mess, the body camera video. And it showed that, that, that there were major issues, Megan. Okay, we have that. Let's watch it. Some days I, <laughs> I have really bad OCD. And okay. I just, I was just cleaning and straightening up the back of the before. And I was apologizing to him and saying, I'm sorry that I'm so mean because sometimes I have OCD and sometimes I just get really frustrated. And I just um, clean my job to travel across the country. And I'm trying to start a blog. Okay. Have a so, so I've been building my website, so I've just been really stressed, and he doesn't really believe that I could do any of it, so that's kind of been like a, I don't know, he's like, down there. I don't know, we've just been fighting all morning, and and he wouldn't let me in the car before. I didn't get overtly physical, I was just trying to keep her away and, and not get hit, and then I got really loud, and like that's probably your everyone's attention where I was going, you know, back up, get away, just give me a I'm not going to release you guys together. I want you guys to stay away from each other tonight, okay? She's agreed to it. Take some time to yourselves. You guys both have the exact same story as to what led up to the incident. So, taking some time tonight, specifically. Taking tonight away from each other is going to be the major breaker in all of this. I think that will help you guys. Mm. I mean, knowing that she, she was killed within days of that is just chilling. Um, so they're, the reason they got pulled over in the first place by these cops and, and had to explain themselves was what? Yeah, so that was back on August 12th. It is hard to watch now with the situation that we're in. But basically, uh, a witness named Christopher called in and said that he saw Brian hitting Gabby and that Brian had locked Gabby out of her own van. And she was trying to actually climb in the driver's side window. And he said was nervous that Brian was going to leave her on the side of the road. Police respond out. You saw the body camera video. It went on for about an hour and 17 minutes. They did a pretty extensive investigation out there. In the end, decided this did not rise to the level of a crime and said, look, we're going to separate you for the night. They sent Brian to a hotel room uh, that the police actually paid for. And they sent Gabby to uh, her van. They said, you stay in the van for the night. Brian, you go to the hotel room, cool down, uh, and hopefully everything will be okay tomorrow. 
That was August 12th, but yeah. she was still texting with her mother uh, into the 20s of August. And then there was a post, I think, on August 25th on her Instagram trying to get my because uh, her she last spoke with her mother, Nicole, on August 23rd on FaceTime. On August 25th was her last post published to her Instagram account, though we don't know whether she's the one who did it. And by August 27th, her mother received an odd text that she was not at all sure came from her daughter. Another text came into the mom on August 30th that just read no service in Yosemite from her daughter's phone. Again, zero reason to believe that actually was the daughter texting or that they could have gotten to Yosemite in the amount of time. You know, we're not sure whether all these locations are true. And within two days, Brian Laundrie returned home to his house in Florida in Gabby's van without Gabby. Yeah. I mean, it gets super strange at the end of August. You mentioned it. There's no way they could have made it to Yosemite. The last text that Gabby sent to her mother, she was talking about her grandpa and called her own grandpa Stan. Her mom, that's actually the grandpa's first name. But the mom says Gabby would have never called her own grandpa Stan. She always just called her uh, called him grandpa. And so the mom knew something was very, very strange at the end of August. Yes. Then Brian shows up in Florida in the van at his parents' house where we are right now in Northport, Florida. Uh, and there's no sign of Gabby. Mm. And so what happens like when he comes back to Florida with the van and her family's wondering where she is and why they haven't heard from her? What's the next event? Like, has has anybody laid eyes on him? I, I realize there have been some people saying, I saw him here. I saw him there. None of which has been confirmed. But has anyone l- confirmed laid eyes on this guy since he got back to Florida? Not confirmed. There was an interesting develop yet development yesterday. The neighbors across the street say they think they saw Uh, Brian's parents and possibly Brian packing up a different camper to go camping while Gabby was missing. They couldn't give an exact date on that, but they say they may have seen Brian uh, outside. But the other interesting point about when he returns to Florida is, you know, Gabby was obviously his fiance. The families were very close. There were many times that Brian had stayed with Gabby's family. There were many times that Gabby had stayed with Brian's family. So this family knew each other well. Gabby's mom says, that after Brian returned to Florida and no one knew where Gabby was and her parents basically start freaking out, rightfully so, she says she started texting Brian's mom and dad and saying like, what's going on? Where's Gabby? What do you know? Um, And Brian's parents were just ignoring her, flat out ignoring her texts. That's when Gabby's parents say like they realize something is very, very wrong here. And that's what caused them to contact the police. Mm hmm. And the way it looks is if he allegedly got back to Florida. I mean, the van made it back, so we can presume he he was driving it. Um, he lawyered up. His lawyer came out and said he's exercising his constitutional right not to speak with police. They always look at the partner as a suspect when someone disappears. And I'm not letting him talk to the police. The, his parents start blowing off her parents' desperate pleas. They come out on camera and make a, a public desperate plea for them to cooperate, the other family. Uh, and then finally, his parents do uh, contact police and say what about their son and give us the date on which they did that. Okay, so again, very, very strange last week. All week long, we were interviewing the police chief every single day, and he's saying, we know where Brian Laundrie is right now. We have our eyes on him. We know where he is. We're not going to tell you reporters, but we know where he is. Okay, so that happens all week long. On Friday, Friday of last week, all of a sudden, Brian's parents call the Northport police and say, come to the house. Brian is missing. 
So Brian's, so the police show up to Brian's house. Brian's parents say, we'll only talk to you with our lawyer on speakerphone. And we're not going to talk at all about Gabby Petito. We are not talking at all about the disappearance of Gabby, but we do want to let you know that Brian has now disappeared uh, and we don't know where he is. And the last time we saw him was on Tuesday of last week when he allegedly went hiking in a wildlife reserve. Tuesday of last week or Tuesday of the week that they were talking to him, like four days earlier or four days? Uh, Four days earlier. Four days earlier. Four days went by from the time they say they last saw him and he went hiking to when they called the So the speculation is that they sent the police on a wild goose chase into some 25,000 acre nature preserve that's full of water and snakes and water moccasins and so on down there, knowing that their son was nowhere near there. Because if you dovetail it with the neighbor's alleged testimonial, the neighbors saw the parents and their son, Brian, their adult son, 23 years old, leave in a small camper, a camper they thought was too small for three people days before all of this. And the speculation is what on that, Brian, that the that that this guy's parents were doing what? The speculation is that they may be sending the police on a wild goose chase. They sent the police to the reserve, which you mentioned is 24,000 acres with gators and snakes and it's really put police in a tough spot. I mean, it's an awful place to search. Uh, And police have been very clear with us. They've said, we're still working to corroborate the parent story. We don't even know uh, if they're, you know, if they're telling the truth. The police may now know something different that they're not telling us reporters now that the FBI is involved. But last I talked to Northport police, they were still trying to corroborate the story. Last question before I let you go. Um, I I have heard reports that when they found Gabby's remains, that she was not buried. And so far, I haven't heard a confirmation about whether they found a, a clothed body or not. Have you heard any information on that? I've heard no information um, about the condition of the body or how long it may have been there or if it was clothed. But I do know that the body was discovered um, and it did not take very long for the FBI to come out and say, we believe this is Gabby Petito. I mean, it was only a matter of hours. So mm-hmm. that may be some kind of indication of the condition of the body. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Brian. I appreciate you, you being here. We appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Megan. Joining me now, Mark Iglarsh, former prosecutor, now criminal defense attorney. Also with us, Arthur Idala, trial attorney and managing partner at Idala Bertuna and Caymans. All right. Thanks guys for being here. So, I mean, let's just start with the parents of the boyfriend slash one-time fiance. You tell me, but this stinks to high heaven. They got their hands as dirty as they come in my view. Mark? Well, it would seem that way. I would like to know what went on in that household, what they're alleging occurred, what was told to them, what wasn't. Maybe it was just a look on their face that seemed to indicate that something nefarious took place. Um, I don't know. Uh, It looks like they did something wrong. But I got to ask you, whether it be now or some point during this podcast, I've been dying to know, what would you do? Right. (laughs) Arthur? No, I agree, Mark. Honestly, let me ask the question. I dreamed of it, and that was my primary motivation for coming on the podcast. I wanted to ask both of you honestly, if your precious offspring came home and one of them looked at you in the eyes and said they did something nefarious, what would you do? My brother, go ahead. No, we well, we had this conversation in my in my office, and one of my colleagues, who's the mother of four, said, you know, oh, I would sit down with my son and say, you know, you you did something horrible, and you know, we're going to work through this together, and we're going to support you, but we're going to surrender you to the FBI. And I think my instinct was no, no way. Like I, I, I just, especially, and, and and Megan, I apologize for not digging deeper, but I believe it's it's a death penalty eligible crime in the state of Wyoming. 
So am I going to turn my kid over to the mm. authorities to be killed, possibly be killed? I, I, you know, I don't see that happening. They're down okay. in Florida. I could see a boat. I could see Venezuela or Cuba or something and just say, get, get out of Dodge. So, but listen, I, but, Mark, but it's why, why, I was thinking why, that as well. why are we going right to uh, a situation as though he's been caught red handed? I mean, I, one of, I think, look, I, this is my total speculation, not, not knowing much more than I've just reported about the case, but it looks like the guy did it. I mean, it certainly looks like the guy did it and it really, looks like there's, con- yeah, I mean, there's, it looks like there's consciousness of guilt. He's he fled. He wouldn't speak to the authorities. He has the van. She's missing. Of, no, I know. I got it. I got it. I got it. But, you know, I don't yeah. want to I also don't want to wrongly impugn the guy before we've had a trial. Of course. Um, however, however, me believing he did it, me thinking this stinks is not the same as proving it beyond a reasonable doubt right now that he did the right thing legally by not speaking to the police. I agree with with his lawyer on that. What the what the prosecution has at the moment is a dead body. It's her. They can tell that she was killed by someone and his showing up in another state with the van. Let's talk about that prior to him fleeing, because to me that you're going to have a tough time making reasonable doubt. I mean, he could argue anything. He, they, they never have to put him on the stand. His lawyers can say, who knows what happened? They had a fight. She stormed off. He never saw her again. We don't know how who killed her. Hey, or I'll, play how. The role, I'll play the role of the prosecutor right now. We can't make an arrest. How? What What facts are you going to go in front of a judge? Now, I'm the prosecutor. Right? I'm the elected prosecutor, so I don't want to mess this up. So what facts do I have to put in front of a judge to secure an arrest warrant? What probable yeah. cause do I have? As well, Now, it all hinges on the details of the coroner's report. If that the medical examiner says under she died from blunt force to her head or whatever, and under her fingernails is his skin and his blood, which is a clear defensive wound. Now, maybe I have something, but the mm-hmm. mere fact that they traveled together, he came back without her. That's the, there are so many, so many different scenarios that a criminal defense attorney could stand up and, and put forth to a jury that no, I, no. at this point you cannot, you cannot make an arrest. There is not enough probable cause by the case law to make an arrest that he committed this crime. Well, let's just say this. They made the determination it was a homicide, not suicide, not accidental, not natural. So there has to be something that evidences it was at the hand of another I'm assuming strangulation marks. I'm assuming some type of slit throat, some stabbing, maybe a shooting, stuff like that, that you would typically see, right? Now the question is, who done it? I think there's plenty enough circumstantial evidence to indicate that he is most reasonably the person who did it. And good luck claiming it was Bigfoot out in the wilderness who, who did this to her. But what's Why? the evidence? What do you mean? What's yeah, the evidence? What's, what's the, the evidence is they were together. They were, the evidence is merely that they were together. That's it. There's nothing more than that. That's the thing. There's I mean, no all ch- checking, checking our individual beliefs as reasonable people looking at these circumstances, because that, you know, that doesn't determine whether you get to charge as a prosecutor or whether there's, you know, no reasonable doubt as a juror. You, the, They have to be able to prove it beyond a reasonable doubt. What is the proof that she wasn't left alone, that he did again what he did the first time, which is stay out of the van. I'm taking your van. I'm taking your keys. I'm taking your phone. You're screwed and left her. And some bad guy in the middle of nowhere came along and did her harm. And weren't there two other people killed in that area, Mark? Weren't there two other women who went went missing in that in that in that area? I mean, there's just there's just again, Megan, to your point, when you asked earlier about the lawyer, hypothetically, if the kid came in and said, look, we were we were hiking and she slipped and she fell and hit her head. um, And, and, you know, that's all. And I panicked and I left. Well, then I may have him go in and chat. 
maybe. But when, you know, when he goes absolutely silent, there is a commonsensical presumption that he's doing that because he has nothing good to say. And then he flees. I mean, that's the thing. So you talk about what would I do as a parent? God forbid, right? God forbid any parent yeah. find themselves in this situation. But you, if if the kid has a reasonable chance of beating the charge, um, I'd much rather see him stand trial and try to beat the charge while exercising his constitutional rights than flee. And God knows where this guy is right now or whether anybody will ever see him again or whether he's committed self-harm. I have no idea. I don't really care that much about his well-being because I think the guy probably committed a murder. But, you know, it's it's tough when you put it in the ask me to put my mother hat on and how I would have dealt with this different than when I have my prosecutor hat on. You tell me now that they if they get him, if they capture this guy, will it be admissible that he fled? Will it be admissible that he was seen slapping her as reported, uh, as you can hear on a 911 call, and then the cops, you know, get them to admit that? Mark? I think yes. I think that should all come in. I think it's all relevant. I think it goes to consciousness of guilt. I think that when you put it on a scale and you balance the probative value versus the prejudicial effect, it absolutely should come in. Arthur? If you know, we looked for this manhunt, Megan, and this, this was the question I had. So that you saw all these police officers and they're they're risking their lives with alligators and snakes in this horrible area. If they found him, could they have arrested him? Because I haven't heard that they could have. If they found him, were they allowed to put handcuffs on him or were they then just allowed to kind of track him when he was in public spaces? I have not heard that there is an arrest warrant. There is an FBI warrant out 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 for his arrest. So mm. the question you asked, Megan, about whether it's admissible or not, that's really in dis- the discretion of the trial judge making the analysis that Mark just did. It does the probative value uh, outweigh the prejudicial value because obviously it's prejudicial. And every judge may look at that a little differently depending on whom that judge is. Mm. I mean, I predict if they find him, that it both both of those things come in. Um, but, you know, making the case, like we talk about circumstantial, like you say, Arthur, unless there's his skin underneath her nails or something on her body that directly ties violence to him, not just a relationship. Um, right now, this does not look like anything close to an open and shut case against him. So we'll see. Um, there was so one case, more... Megan, I just want to say real quick, yeah. there was one case I, I was around in Brooklyn where they did convict the guy and the only thing they had was the deceased, a little tiny piece of the deceased DNA in the trunk of the defendant's car. They never found the defendant's body. There never was a cause of death, but it was an absolute stranger. And why would this individual's DNA be be in this defendant's trunk and, and okay but that's guilty. absolute stranger no. that's absolute stranger right these Correct. are like and they don't his have dna could be all over her under the Correct. fingernails is a little tougher to explain but you know they were they were boyfriend and girlfriend they were in this sharing this van together as their home I, we don't know what we're looking at yet it's just to me one of the troubling things is it's not open and shut as a legal matter even though mm, my feeling is i wish it were uh it may get there uh, as the evidence continues to come out in, in the coming days all right my guests today are lawyers arthur idala and Mark Iglarsh, and we have so many cases to go over. Up next, we're going to discuss the ongoing trial right now of Theranos founder Elizabeth Holmes. The jurors just heard testimony from retired four-star General James Mattis, our former Secretary of Defense, what he had to say on the stand and what it means for Elizabeth Holmes' defense that, quote, failure is not a crime. Don't go away. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. 
The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. They say plants like music. Yeah, no, like really, they, they respond to the vibrations of it, which means that this playlist you're listening to, the plants are too. You know what else plants like? Organic soil from miracle Grow. It's made with all the best stuff like wood fiber and compost. Plus, it's Omri certified organic, which officially means it's made with superior ingredients. And when you give your plants the stuff that makes them happy, they won't judge you on your iffy playlist. Hear that, plants? So go ahead and give them miracle Grow. Welcome back to the Megan Kelly Show. I'm joined today by my favorite legal eagles. Mark Iglarsh is a former prosecutor, now criminal defense attorney. Arthur Idala is a trial attorney. He has been a prosecutor. He's been a criminal defense attorney as well. And now he's managing partner. He's super important at Idala, Bertuna and Caymans. Up next on the Kelly's court docket, the trial of Theranos founder Elizabeth Holmes, or as I like to call her, Elizabeth Holmes. <laughs> so she she started this company, Theranos, which was supposed to, she dropped out of Stanford at age 19, this whippersnapper. She was going to be the female Steve Jobs. She was going to change, revolutionize pulling out blood from your arm to, you know, the nasty vial where they have to stick the needle all the way into just a, a just a pinprick on the edge of your, you know, index finger, one drop of blood. Uh, and they could do all these tests, up to 200 tests, she alleged to, to both investors and customers alike. Only problem is it wasn't true. It was never true. They not they got there. They never got there. And she had investors from Rupert Murdoch, Betsy DeVos, the Walton family of Walmart, um, even Mattis, who joined her bo- her board, invested eighty five thousand bucks of his own personal money. Uh, all these people believed that she was this amazing, you know, Steve Jobs type character and put money in her company, which was valued, valued at nine billion at its peak. And it fell completely flat. And the question and by the way, her her little invention, Edison, that was like the box that would process your blood. Um this thing was in Walgreens. It was in some like 30 or 40 Walgreens. I mean, like she was getting mainstream play on her products and her business. And she was on the cover of Forbes, blah, 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 blah. It's a big deal if this was all a fraud from the beginning and a knowing fraud. And that's the question in what's now a criminal trial is a criminal fraud trial being brought against her um, by um well, I mean, against her and then in about a year, I guess, against her, the guy who was president of her company and COO, um, who was also her lover, Sonny Balwani. Uh, now, interesting defense. She seems to be going with battered women's syndrome, which you tell me. I mean, I understand that makes you like shoot the person abusing you. <laughs> uh, I don't I've never heard it used. It made me commit a fraud on a on the secretary of defense. <laughs> like, I don't, this is an unusual use of it. Uh, but I'll Arthur start with you on this. One. Well, yeah. Arthur's that good. He could pull that off. I know Arthur could pull that off, I, but they didn't I've hire actually, Arthur. I've way. actually been involved with those cases as a prosecutor and as a defense attorney. And yes, Megan, you accurately stated a battered woman syndrome. All that does is minimize a murder to a lesser charge that still carries a significant penalty, but it's because she was so, and Okay, I'll brag for a second. I changed the law that it's no longer battered women's syndrome. It's battered person syndrome Mm because I had a gay man 
who killed his gay lover. And it was the first time in the United States of America I used battered person syndrome. Hmm. And in fact, you know, he got a much favorable result. But it doesn't, as you said, it doesn't mean that you could go off the deep end and really create some invention that, you know, doesn't work. I, I could say, wow, it would be great if I took this pill in the morning and everyone could grow hair. And I asked Rupert Murdoch for $125 million because I tell him it works and it doesn't work. And that's the bottom line here. So she, she, create, she had a great idea. It would be wonderful if you're in a military plane and you could prick a, 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 a officer's finger and in, and in minutes find out if he's got cancer, or if he has all these other diseases. Yeah, that would be spectacular. And that's what she sold. And it never happened. And it's a fraud. And it's a the textbook definition of a fraud. And she's got big problems coming. Yeah, Batters okay. women's syndrome doesn't justify a crime spree. No, but give, give them more credit. Hold on, you two. First of all, let's make a few assumptions. She's got probably really good lawyers on her side. And I know yeah. then that they wouldn't walk in and say she was battered and thus She's justified in committing fraud. You know, there's more to it. So let's give them more credit. I think they say the it's a, it affected is, her judgment. That's what they said. Her, her yeah, judgment. Let's keep going. In fact, this <laughs> judge made an unusual move, even though they're both charged together to to separate out her from her ex-boyfriend. So because well, he had to. He had to grant the separate. Another prosecutor in the room against him. Of course, it was the right move. But let me keep going with the, what the theory is, because you guys are minimizing the defense. She's going to say not only was she battered by her her ex-boyfriend, but that was part of the reason why she was misled. She believed in good faith that this product was going to work. And that guy over there prevented me from seeing everything. Again, it was a cycle. It wasn't just preventing me from hearing the facts, but he was abusing me at the time. I think that she's got a better argument to make. And by the way, it bothered me tremendously because my daughter, she's turning 18 deathly afraid of shots. So I said, wow, I hope this is real because mm-hmm. a little prick to the finger would certainly serve my daughter better. And boy, it was mm-hmm. too good to be true. huh? Well, apparently Elizabeth Holmes was deathly afraid of needles, too. This is one of the reasons why she got focused on this. And sure, it would have been amazing. And she dazzled all these older guys. Our former secretary of state, George Schultz, was on the board and James Mattis and Arthur. What the prosecution is alleging is there's a reason she had all these military guys on the board instead of medical people. Right. Because yeah, like cause they don't know do anything know? about medicine. Right. And she was and she was uh, look, she was a master marketer. There's no doubt about that. And one of her big angles was besides civilians walking into Walmart and and getting results instantly, they, it was all about the military. Oh, you know, we'll be able to carry this little Thomas Edison box uh, onto planes and onto mass units and get immediate results for the military. And that never happened in her deposition. She's asked, did that ever take place? No, but she sold that. it. Like Wait. she sold it like it was it was going to take place. Yeah, she so she, she told investors something very different. And John Carrier, who broke the story wide open, he's really the reason her whole company started falling apart. Um, he's of the Wall Street Journal. He did the book Bla- Bad Blood, which became a podcast, which I recommend to everybody. Uh, but anyway, he, he talked about that, too, about how one of her big selling points was to say, oh, the military is using Edison and my products. And, you know, you hear the military is using it. You're like, oh, wow, that's actually pretty good. If it's good enough for them, it's good enough for me. And here she is in her deposition admitting the truth. Listen. How many tests could it run at that time in 2010? Um, I, I, I don't know exactly what the number was. There was probably um, tens of, of tests. So when you say tens of tests, you mean something less than 100? Yes. 
Has Theranos' technology deployed in emergency rooms, hospitals, and provider offices? No. Was a Theranos manufacturer device ever deployed uh, in the battlefield? No. Was it ever deployed in a medevac helicopter? No. Mark, that's not good. No, but here's, listen, you ready? The key for me in this case is what do the emails show? The mm-hmm. same way it's in the in the Gabby Petito case, what does the body show? In this case, what are the emails? There's got to be thousands of emails, which they've obtained, where it'll either show when somebody's saying, hey, this isn't working the way it's supposed to. You know, what's her response? She doesn't know anything about the science, right? She was born and raised. She didn't have a language. She was given a language. She learned a little bit about some things over the years in her life. She's not an expert. So she's being told certain things. What do the emails show? Well, that's the thing, Arthur, because let me tee this up for you, because here's what here's what they're already starting to say. How is what she did any different than what any entrepreneur in Silicon Valley does Ah. where they overstate? You know, it's puffery, right? Like, yeah, we're amazing. Yeah, we're totally going to revolutionize the world. Give me your money. How is it different? There's because there's this invisible line that that we all cross or don't cross in, in so many areas, especially of the law. But Mark, when you say she's not an expert in this, you have to become an expert in this. If this is your life and au contraire, she she prided herself on she only kept bottled water in her refrigerator. She slept four hours a night and she wore the same thing. They asked her, what's your favorite place to go to? She's like my office. Oh, so all she she held herself out. Definitely, definitely as an expert in this and as her expertise after putting together her medical team, she's now telling these billionaire old men, look, I have basically figured out how what was her line, Megan? She's like, not to let people leave too soon. That that was her thing. And all of her. Here's the question. Yeah, I know that's what she's saying. But garbage in, garbage out. What is she being told? What's she being told? But she's by the COO. She's the boss. She's CEO. I mean, she's the one. The buck stops there. Sorry, the yeah. CEO. I apologize. She's hold the on. The so you need to tell there. me. Hold on. Let's say I start some type of business. I get experts around me, right? They're telling me something that they created, that we've created, does X, Y, and Z. I, as the CEO, puffing what they do, bringing us some real money, I say, this is what it does. Turns out it doesn't do that. There's a difference between civil liability and criminal liability. That's mm-hmm. why I say I want to see the smoking gun. Okay. Evidence. But wait, here's the smoking but, gun. The smoking yeah, gun is ahead. when they started doing the tests, when they were testing yes. her tests in regular yes. labs, the results were wrong. So once that happened, you have to immediately alert the shareholders, immediately alert your board of directors, and immediately fix the problem. These are people's lives that we're talking about here. Do you have AIDS? Don't you have AIDS? Do you have cancer? Don't you have cancer? You have to immediately pull the plug. And that's where it goes from being civil to criminal because she didn't do that. Because this is what we're seeing so far with the prosecution is they're they're on to this possibility, Mark, that she's going to say, I know nothing. You know, Colonel Schultz, is it Colonel Schultz. Sergeant? I know nothing. Um, And so they're trying to introduce evidence that these problems were widespread and that people within the company were raising them or jumping up and down trying to raise them. And they've put on um, a young woman who is described as a as a whistleblower who worked in sort of the um, let's say Erica Chung. She's one of the people called by the U.S. attorney. She said um, she got hired. She left the company a year and a half later. She resigned because she didn't think the company's technology was ready to process patient samples. I was uncomfortable doing that. 
at. She testified about a nearly 1800 word letter she wrote to the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services trying to sound the alarm on this. She said Theranos ignored the standards for staff credentials. They frequently used expired lab samples. Their testing devices had major stability, precision and accuracy problems and so on. Then you've got. um, uh, Hold on a second. Uh, Blah, blah, blah. Because I think she actually talked about raising it internally, too. Oh, yeah. Uh, Sarika Gangahedkar. Uh, forgive me. I'm sure I butchered that, but I tried. Uh, she took the stand, alleged Elizabeth Holmes knew that the Walgreens rollout was premature. This is a former Theranos chemist of eight years, said um, Holmes pressured the staff to make the Walgreens rollout happen anyway, even though she knew it wasn't ready. And then they put on a nurse practitioner who talked about how, um, in one example, the bad Theranos testing led the nurse practitioner to believe one of her patients, Brittany Gold, who also testified, was miscarrying her pregnancy, that they had a serious talk about how to finish the termination so that the mother would you know, be OK, would be would remain healthy, understand, believing that her baby had already died inside of her and offering medication to sort of finish off, you know, what, what was she believed already a miscarriage. And it wasn't true. And the woman took the stand, Brittany Gold, and said, oh, my God, thank God that this nurse practitioner recommended another test someplace else because it turned out my pregnancy was fine. I went on to have a baby girl. I mean, Mark, if that's not criminal, if that's not criminal. Easy, you are third. Let me just say this. All that's problematic. And I'm not saying she's innocent. I'm simply saying that you guys are overlooking the fact that she's going to say that any concerns that she had with anything they were doing, she ran by her ex-boyfriend, you know, the one who was also indicted, who's also awaiting trial. And he told me X, Y, and Z. In fact, every time I raised some of these issues, How does that excuse he gave it? me an answer. And then he gave me a backhand um, as if well. She, so Megan, if here's, she's here's a CEO th- and he's her COO who answers to her, how does it excuse it that the man I hired and relied upon for information, um, but I hired him. I mean, I put him in that role, gave me bad information. So, so let me let me support Brother Mark over here. Yeah, because reading excerpts of the opening statement of the defense, I think Mark is is following what their what their roadmap is, and it's almost a form of jury nullification. Mm-hmm. And it's that's like sunny, tie, sunny, sunny. That's where you made me do it. That's where you tie in the the battered woman syndrome. He says she worked hard, she worked tirelessly, she didn't take any money. There were times when she could have cashed out and became a billionaire. She didn't do that. She stayed with the ship as it was going down. And while that was happening, this guy was beating the heck out of her and controlling her and doing all these things. And basically, and I've done it successfully at trial, even though she's guilty, cut her a break, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, because she's not a bad, evil person. And and the other piece of that, I agree with you. That's where they're going. And I do think it's helpful to her side that they've been arguing on the defense side. She had so many opportunities to sell this thing for millions and millions of dollars, and she didn't. Right. So if you're just in it to commit a fraud, you know, that you would have gotten out while the getting was good. But you could also argue that she knew as soon as somebody else took over that they'd see the jig was up and then come after her and sue her. Um, so I, I get all that. But I do think that um, state of mind is going to be important, important, whether she knew is going to be important. And the more they play up this sort of abuse factor that her she wasn't of right mind, she was not herself, she couldn't form accurate judgments, um, maybe could have an effect. The second thing is they're going to demonize the investors. 
because already we've heard they were billionaires. They were sophisticated. Who the hell could defraud Rupert Murdoch? You know, like he's this isn't some. Who is that? Who is that? Who's Rupert Murdoch? This isn't some rube from the middle of nowhere who's never, you know, who's doing like a day trade. He knows what he's doing. So they're trying to nullify, I think, on a couple of points. All right. Much more, because right after this break, we're going to play the soundbite of Elizabeth Holmes's changing voice, which you got to hear. And then later we're going to talk to the panel about Don Lemon and his upcoming uh, case, the case against him by a man who accuses him of sexual assault. Don't go away. Here you are. BPMs high, sweat dripping, body moving, tongue panting. You're working hard, real hard, and you're thirsty. You need vitamins, nutrients for peak performance and energy. And your plants do too. Aw, I mean, just look at the little guy. Water-soluble plant food from miracle Grow is full of essential nutrients. Just a little scoop into your watering can and boom, instant feeding and bigger, more beautiful plants. It's kind of like a sports drink for your plants. You may have to suffer from heat, but your plants do not. Welcome back to The Megyn Kelly Show, everyone. I'm joined today by Mark Iglarsh, and he's a former prosecutor, now criminal defense attorney. Also with us is Arthur Idala. Same resume, and also now a trial attorney managing partner at Idala, Bertuna, and Caymans. All right, so um, the thing about Elizabeth is the prosecution is going to paint her as a lifelong fraud, as somebody who, yes, she was she looked the part. She wore the black sweater every day to look like Steve Jobs, quote, so she didn't have to think about wardrobe, the messy bun every day, this image of not sleeping, as you point out, Arthur, and just water. OK, sure. Um, and one of the things that's come out in the many documentaries about her and the podcast about her is hey, Arthur, even her voice is allegedly fake low. It's not the real low. It's the fake low. And here is exhibit A. This is via an ABC News special report called The Dropout, which I recommend everybody. Listen, watch. But Anna says Elizabeth's transformation didn't end there. Her voice. What she could figure out. A surprising baritone. Was that it would likely cost her a few thousand dollars to get these tests done was fake, according to Anna. We didn't know that it wasn't her voice until much later. I think it was at one of the company parties and maybe she had a little bit too much to drink or whatnot, but she fell out of character and exposed that that wasn't necessarily her, her true voice. In this interview with NPR from 2005, we hear a very different sounding Elizabeth. No, it hasn't. Well, if I use traditional words to describe what we're doing, it's hard. Ah! Come on. She's you hate she's that, Megan. Faking. You, you know what it reminded me of? What? It, it reminded me of me your of... holiday party where Mark and I got a little crazy on the stage. That's what it reminded me of. It reminded me of Charlize Theron playing me. <laughs> <laughs> it is. She did a fake the fake low voice. Whereas I, I can go high. I can be like almost so sopranic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean this whole thing my soprano. The dress, the voice, I mean. It's leading to, uh, you don't know, because uh, uh, mental disease or defect defense. I mean, if, if I, first of all, you know the effort it must take to go around talking all the time in a all different voice? I mean, I'm it can't be like something, this. it can't be a very easy feat to accomplish. Uh, and it just goes into somebody's really, their mindset uh, as to how they're going to conduct themselves. There's one thing yeah. to look at Steve Jobs as a role model, right? There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. 
It's another thing to really change who you are to become someone else. And what is that is? That's part of the definition of fraud, of perpetrating well, that's a the fraud. Thing. You know the difference between Elizabeth Holmes and Steve Jobs? Steve Jobs got it done. I was on Larry the Cable uh, Guy earlier uh, on his show. He got her done. She didn't get her done. She had no meaningful product. She lied and said she had 200 tests that this little box could do. In reality, it could only do 12. People's health care was in danger. Plus, she had tons of time. I think she started the company in 2003. This went on for 15 plus years. It wasn't going to happen, Mark. She never came to terms with it. She continued to lie to get investments and to push it out to products and, and middle America, innocent victims through Walgreens and other means. Okay. And if the defense has a chance of prevailing, they start off and they say the government's right. Ultimately, the product didn't work. And, and so we don't have to focus on that. The issue is, what did she know? Yeah, they're saying failure is not criminal. Hold on. Fraud versus failure. This is just failure. It failed to work. It wasn't fraud. And here's why. And again, that's what they're going to focus on. Mm -hmm. So how long could she go away for, Arthur, if she gets convicted? Oh, uh, (laughs) I mean, uh, you wanted to talk reality or by the law, by the letter of the law, I think it's 20 years. I I don't think she's going to get 20 years here. It's going to, a lot of it depends when you do the federal guidelines calculation. A lot of it depends on the loss amount, how many people lost how much money. And that that weighs very, very heavily into uh, the judge's calculation of where she would fall in the federal sentencing guidelines. Mm And that will be part of the prosecutor's evidence. It'll be part of what they put on, which is, um, you know, who lost how much money and they have to connect it to her fraud. And that's why they lost all the money. But, you know, we're talking about a lot, a lot of money. And it doesn't matter if it's from people who are already billionaires, which is what the defense attorney said in his opening statement. Well, the people who lost money, they're already billionaires. Well, you know what? I'm sure the billionaires weren't happy to lose $125 million. Yeah, you're not allowed to defraud billionaires. It's not some special exception yeah. to the to the fraud Correct. rules. Uh, can I just round back to the, the Gabby Petito case? Because my team's just telling me that a headline just dropped that um, Adam Moab, Utah, they're now launching an investigation into those cops whose video we just watched the body cam you know where they stopped them they're launching an investigation into them to see whether they handled it correctly i mean hindsight 2020 for free i will defend them for free at first they were following the letter of the law like technically she put her hands on him and so now we're going to arrest her which meant they would have blemished her record for the rest of her life because you can't seal or expunge those expunge those domestic violence cases unless they're dropped and they're really going to ruin her life ultimately they didn't need to arrest her they did the right thing i watched an hour and 17 minutes that body cam footage and i will defend them for free Mark, just explain why you're talking about they should have arrested her as opposed to him when what the cops had been told prior to arriving there is that he had been hitting her. And then ultimately they conducted their own back and forth between her and him. And one cop apparently had some history that he utilized to to relate to this guy. And with what they knew at the time, they treated them both fairly. In fact, I kept wondering, don't they have any crime in that town? It was amazing how much time (laughs) they gave back and forth. They didn't make any quick decisions. So, but the thing is, she tried to take the blame. She tried to say, oh, it was me. Oh, you know, I instigated it. But that's what that on the subject of actual battered women. I mean, I don't know what Elizabeth Holmes, what happened with her and this guy. So I I don't know. But I don't think it excuses her, her alleged fraud. 
But when it comes to battered women, they do tend to take the blame. An abused woman tends to make excuses time and time again, especially when the cops get involved. They don't want to see the abuser get arrested, especially when they're vulnerable. Like she's she's relying on him. They're in the middle of nowhere. She's exactly on the other side of America from her family. She's dependent on him. And one of her biggest fears and the reason why they made him sleep in the hotel and her stay in the van was because he was going to leave with the van and he was going to abandon her. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, you have to say, I mean, I'm with Mark on this. Mark, I'll join you on the legal team. I don't see the cops doing anything wrong here. All right, but let me let me play devil's advocate. I'll play devil's advocate and say, let's back up to before the cops got on the scene and take a listen to the actual 911 call that led the cops to find Gabby and Brian. And here is what they heard. Listen. We're driving by and I'd like to report a domestic dispute to Florida with the white van, Florida license plate, white land, gentleman, five, six beard. They just drove off. They're going down Main Street. They made a, uh, a right onto Main Street. What were they doing? Uh, we drove by and the gentleman was slapping the girl. He was slapping her? Yes. And then we stopped. They ran up and down the sidewalk. He proceeded to hit her, hopped in the car, and they drove off. Mm. No. Well, okay. Yeah, it sounds bad. The question is, number one, did the cops at the scene hear the 911 call? I'm not sure that they did. I think they're getting relayed information of yeah, a domestic, domestic dispute, dispute and and they're there to settle what did what really happened there's a difference between as we know in eyewitness testimony believability versus accuracy someone could could say oh this one was slapping this one cops know that that's not always very accurate so they're there to discern what's the truth and what's not the truth and i watched them for over 70 minutes go back and forth and back and forth and ultimately they yeah. separated them without arrest hindsight's 2020 and what they're saying okay wait, the no, no. Statement, the, let me stand you by there because we, we're coming up against our only hard break we have one in each hour um we're going to pick it up though in two minutes on the other side uh where we'll talk about don lemon's sexual assault case against him and britney spears don't go away Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. They say plants like music. Yeah, no, like really, they they respond to the vibrations of it, which means that this playlist you're listening to, the plants are too. You know what else plants like? Organic soil from miracle Grow. It's made with all the best stuff like wood fiber and compost. Plus, it's Omri certified organic, which officially means it's made with superior ingredients. And when you give your plants the stuff that makes them happy, they won't judge you on your iffy playlist. Hear that, plants? So go ahead and give them miracle Grow. Welcome back to the Megan Kelly Show, everyone. I'm joined today by Mark Iglarsh and Arthur Idala, my legal dream team, former prosecutors, criminal defense attorneys, and Arthur is a now managing partner at Idala, Bertuna, and Caymans. Uh, in 20 minutes, would love to know your verdict on the cases we discussed. Would you turn your child over to the FBI if they got wrapped up in something horrible like this? Mm. Or would you help save them? Would you do what these parents allegedly did, which is lie to the cops, the police, hide your kid? Mm. Call me 833-44-MEGAN, M-E-G-Y-N. That's 833-446-3496. Up now on the docket, 
Don Lemon. Our moral arbiter who's trying to tell us what bad people we are night after night is, I say, credibly accused of sexual assault. This is not your average variety, you know, case against a celebrity uh, where there's no witness. There's no, right. Like th- this guy's got a witness who's brought this case against him, which I think makes this worthy of serious thought and consideration. The accuser's name is Dustin Heiss. He's 38 years old. He's a bartender at a pub in the Hamptons. The incident happened on July 15th, 2018. Uh, it, I believe, is undisputed that Mr. D- Mr. Heiss Dustin Heiss, went to Murph's Backseat Street Tavern in Sag Harbor in the Hamptons. He saw and recognized Don Lemon. He said, hey, Don, let me buy you a drink. He then turned to Nick, the bartender, and said, hey, Nick, get me two lemon drops. Ha ha, get it? Lemon drops. It's like how people get me the Kelly green T-shirt. Um, Don apparently at first didn't want anything to do with it, looked at him and said, I'm just trying to have a good time, man. It kind of blew him off. Uh, Dustin Heiss says, I am not gay. I was not hitting on him. I'm a heterosexual male, but he took offense to it, took it as me flirting. This is all Dustin to FoxNews.com. I've got an interview with him. Uh, Lemon allegedly approached Dustin Heiss, according to Dustin, a short time later. And this is what Heiss says happened. Quote, about five or 10 minutes later, Don gets up, walks around the bar, comes right up to me, puts his hand down his board shorts. He rubs himself aggressively, his penis and quote, whatever else is down there. According to the lawsuit, Lemon put his hands down the front of his own shorts and vigorously rubbed his genitalia, removed his hand, then shoved his index and middle fingers into the plaintiff's mustache and under the plaintiff's nose. Lemon then allegedly asked a crude question about Heiss's sexual preferences, saying, do you like, I don't say the P word, but the P word or the D word, and then repeatedly kept saying P or D, P or D. He said it like three or four times, according to the plaintiff, who says, I was like, whoa, man, what the hell? He says he was left shocked and humiliated, was traumatized, fled the bar, said it was vile, was disgusting, was humiliating, it was inhumane, and has an eyewitness named George Ganalis, who managed Dustin Heiss at another bar, saw the whole thing, and says, uh, at first I thought it was like funny. I was making fun of him. And then I realized the guy was genuinely traumatized and that this was this is bullshit. This is no, Don Lemon's denied all of it. I want to be fair to him, even though I don't like him. Um, totally denied, vigorously denied all of it, said it never happened, said this guy's trying to do a shakedown for dough against him. So you guys tell me because you've handled you handle civil cases as well. That's what this is, not criminal. What do you think is going on here, Mark? Okay, so the first thing was, wow, this is really detailed, right? When it's that mm-hmm. detailed and that unusual, it tends to suggest that it might have happened. That said, I don't know. I mean, the guy backing him up is not an independent witness. It's his boss, you know. Um, I'm wondering, really, if this even did happen, his claim for you know over a million dollars seems like a bit of a money grab. Um, if it really did happen... What is the dollar value on that? Which is a separate issue, mm-hmm. um, but it goes back to the first one. When you start demanding, oh, my life is horrible. I'm depressed as a result. I start to question mm-hmm. uh, the whole thing. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, because well, he's the, the reports are that he his lawyers uh, made a demand of one point five million dollars in exchange for what? not filing the lawsuit, not going public with the lawsuit, and that they were allegedly offered by Lemon and his team six figures, what? but that wasn't enough. I mean, six figures for something like that's nuisance value. You pay a I mean, hundred thousand bucks. That's like go away just to spare me the public embarrassment. But they weren't going to pay one point five million bucks, Arthur, and no jury. Arthur would, would be that. a billionaire if he got paid every time someone did stuff like that to him. Come on, <laughs> Come on. I think Mark's Thanks. done that to you on this show. What? No, <laughs> exactly. I mean, <laughs> man, here, here's the truth, and I, and I know Mark will agree with me. And, and I'm being very serious. If you eliminate alcohol and nowadays oxycotton from the world, Mark and I, a huge percentage of our business would disappear because when people, when alcohol is involved. Uh, and, and now, unfortunately, Oxycontin, people's judgment goes out the window. So I've, I have firmly adopted the phrase, never say never. If Don Lemon is really drunk, the way uh, on our last story, the young lady there was really drunk and changed her voice. If he's really drunk and he's on a tear, it's, it's definitely in the realm of possibilities. On the other hand, it's totally a money grab. But you know what? What the heck? I mean, as you said, he Don Lemon holds himself out as holier than thou, mightier than thou. He's the moral arbiter of the world. So if he screwed up one night and he's making a lot of money, it's not like $1.5 million is going to put him on the on the, the poor house. Yes, it's a money grab. But as Mark said, there's so many details here. There is a ring of truth that something along those lines Arthur, had to have happened. Arthur, so because he holds himself out to be holier than thou and, and, and because maybe he's got deep pockets, Somehow you let someone make a mockery of the civil system, assuming it took place. Uh, it's not a mockery. Who knows he- what a jury will do? A jury may give him five million dollars. Who the hell wants Don Lemon's penis smell on your face? <laughs> but that's I don't get that may be worth more than if you broke your arm in a car accident. I'm There's not looking that- for someone. He's lucky he wasn't me because Don Lemon would talk a little differently now because I'd rip his <laughs> tongue out if I didn't punch his teeth out. Are you crazy? I mean, I can't believe there was no physical assault that that accompanied that action by any human being. I mean, come on, Mark, you're, you're no shrinking violet. You weren't going to let someone do something like that to, without retribution, immediate retribution. That's the part of the story that doesn't ring true to me. If he did that to me, I, I think out of instinct, I'd punch him right in the face. That's oh, what the I boss was, as George was saying, he's like, if that had done, if he had done that to me, I would have punched him right in the face. Um, but George, not everybody's built like that. I mean, the plaintiff in this case, Dustin seems to have been genuinely humiliated and said, and I quote, the guy who who assaulted me is on television every night. It's like a knife twisting in my side on a daily basis. I've laid in bed and felt my heart beating out of my chest after I watched the news. And let me tell you something. If this victim, alleged victim, were a woman, none of us would be questioning that. Mark? That's true. Believe all women. That's what the... the, the no, we don't believe all women. And we don't believe all men either. And I, That's again, what I the say attorney again. general of my state said. I know. Believe I all women. I Wait. am not a Don Lemon fan, but I am a fan of the law. And I want to make sure that we're not just completely railroading this hold guy on, because I don't like him. But I, I agree with his very, very detailed account. Doesn't necessarily mean it's true, however. Megan, you just said if she was a woman, if the alleged victim was a woman, we wouldn't be questioning that. Questioning what? The allegations? Her Her trauma. Her trauma, you know, like Arthur was saying later, or you or you were saying, one of you guys was saying, like, be questioning um, it. you know, ongoing anxiety would. and stress. You question it. I don't think so. If that's if this were a really? woman, you think we'd be questioning her saying it's trauma, it's traumatic for me to see this person on TV. You know, I they they Millions? hold themselves out as this advocate. Millions of dollars, depressed in a bed. 
the way he's alleging. Come on. I'm with Arthur. If I had that penis smell all over me, I would say it's worth $1.5. I'm I'm offended by thinking of that. I don't even want to see that or hear that. Okay. We're going to get sued by our audience just for bringing the image into their heads. Well, it's, way, good, you know, it's going to be an interesting trial. It's not. It's not far from us, from me here in in uh, Suffolk County, and I and I'm, I actually practice in that courthouse. It's going to be interesting, and boy, that is not going to be a fun day for Don Lemon when he's mm-hmm. got to go in there. It's not going to go to trial. He's going to no categorically way. deny it. I, I mean, Don I could see Lemon a settlement. I could see a settlement coming down the pipe. I see that no too. Question, especially because of George Vanillas. And by the way, I just will give him the money. I disagree that he's not independent just because he's the boss. I mean, you hear this guy. He's he's not he's like I'm I was making fun of Dustin for the rest of the night and for days thereafter. He doesn't sound like he's up Dustin's. You know what? You know, now we're really in some ugly images. Um, He sounds (laughs) like a guy who just saw something that he thought was like funny in a humiliating way and then came to realize it was genuinely traumatic. By the way, if this really did happen in the crowded bar, Merv's, as they all claim on the plaintiff's side, there should be other witnesses. So we should hear from more than just George. And if they start lining up other independent witnesses, um, for sure, Don settles this and it may be for seven figures. Okay. Megan, let's move do you on. See, but do you see CNN yeah. coming to the plate and saying, Don, you know, we'll help you financially to get rid of this so that, that the whole network doesn't get embarrassed? No, I mean, CNN so far has been like, he's vigorously denied. They don't care. They're not conducting an in- independent investigation into their oh, Do you anchor. see them giving him money to make it go away? No, 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 I definitely don't see that. Um, I think this is a Don Lemon problem, not a CNN problem in terms of money. Now, in terms of credibility, uh, different story. And I really think just the reason I've mentioned it repeatedly is because, look, I don't know whether Don Lemon did this or not, but I am sick of that guy being the moral judge of everyone. And it's always Trump voters, Republicans who he thinks are so stupid and mockable. Well, who is he to cast stones at anybody? Right. Like it. I just I'm sick of it. You know, people do stupid ass things. Maybe he did it. Maybe he's sorry. Maybe it wasn't as bad as this guy says. I don't know. But I want him to stop lecturing America on how to be better people until he gets his own house in order. Your Honor, Your Honor yes. I'd like to use a cause challenge on Miss Kelly. <laughs> Definitely <laughs> granted. Granted. All right. Let's move on to Britney Spears because we've had updates in her case. I mean, you tell me, but it's like total victory for Britney, complete surrender by her dad, Jamie Spears. Um, Not only is he now agreeing that the conservatorship should end, he's even agreeing that it should end without a further psychiatric evaluation, which is exactly what she said. I don't want to have to go through one of those again. And um, now her new lawyer, and she was able to get her own lawyer because of the last public court hearing she had where she was like, I, I want my own lawyer and I, I want, you know, want out of this conservatorship. She got her own lawyer and the old lawyer is is saying not only is this a massive legal victory for her, we're going after him. We're going after him. There's not going to be a settlement between us and him. Our investigation into his financial mismanagement and other issues will continue. Yikes. So what is that? What does all this mean, Arthur? How did we get to the point where Jamie Spears completely gave up? Well, I, you know, if they're threatening a forensic accounting com- accountant coming in and looking at his dollars and cents, they're, they're, what they say on TV and what happens behind the scenes may be something different. The knee-jerk answer is maybe this they're working out some sort of a settlement, but he should be – they should be a fight. They should have been all along – there should have been a court-appointed uh, accountant or guardian of the guardian. As soon as she made complaints, there should be a double check of the system. And and it's it's not hard to follow the money. She's not like she's getting paid in cash. 
So it's like there's checks, there's bank accounts, and somebody has got to double check this guy that he didn't either one intentionally do something or two meaning meaning squander her money or two so negligently negligence negligently <laughs> did something that that really diminished her wealth it's all it's all this is all about money at this point apparently mm. she's getting married there's going to be a prenup she's moving on with her life good for her she's moving um, on all right she's she's already posting videos on instagram of her pretty much naked bottom uh i don't know how that celebrates this victory but okay maybe it's like you can kiss my you know what, um, That's what I was thinking. and she's doing like cartwheels like she, all the things she's very very happy which is good it's good to see this poor gal happy who's been through so much um but you tell me what this means mark because this is from jamie spears the dad um from his attorney as miss spears has said again and again as Mr. Spears has said again and again, all he wants is what's best for his daughter. If Miss Spears wants to terminate the conservatorship and believes that she can handle her own life, Mr. Spears believes that she should get that chance. To me, yeah. it's like yeah. it's, to me, this is like the okay. dad being like, let's see how that works out. No, here's exactly what I see. Okay. It's the person who has done something wrong in the workplace. They're about to get fired. They go, you know, I'll resign. I'll resign. It's the, it's the country that sees the enemy advancing after winning numerous battles and they're about to be pounced. They go, no, 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 I will surrender. We're giving up. We're not. He knows because of the court of public opinion and he sees what's going on in that courtroom that his ousting is a matter of, of days away. And he goes, no, 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 I want what's best for my daughter. He's looking out for himself as he always has. The other piece of it, Arthur, is that Netflix is about to um, come out with yet a, another. They didn't release the first one. I think the first one was the New York Times, the free Britney thing. But but Netflix is about to release a, a Britney Spears documentary. Um, they released their trailer that's hanging over him because it gins up public opinion. And they're claiming that they've got some sort of confidential document that was leaked to the filmmakers by someone involved with the conservatorship. I don't know what's in there, but here is the trailer uh, touting what they have. I don't owe these people anything. No one would talk. I'm not going to acknowledge that I was ever brought in to evaluate Britney Spears. Until they did. Someone very close to the conservatorship leaked me this confidential report. Britney had to go into court a million times, all of these hours of criticizing her. It's an epic fail of the legal system that this has gone on for so long. How do you get out? You don't get out. Until you scream. I deserve to have the same rights as anybody does. It's been 13 years and it's enough. Mm. So how much do you think he's worried just the PR war is lost? I don't think he cares. I mean, he's not really a PR guy. I think he cares about the dollars and cents. I think he cares about what's in his bank account, what he can keep. You know, there are clawback provisions, right? So if the, a forensic accountant is appointed, they go back into court and say, he was just putting all kinds of money in his pocket. He was buying himself extravagant items that it's Britney's money. That's not what he's supposed to be doing. A court could absolutely put in some sort of a restitution order and say, you got to give it all back. I would think that's where his fear is. And he knows what he did or he didn't do. And ultimately it could lead to criminality if it mm. is so egregious. He's trying to get money on the, his way out the door, Mark. The, um, the, the, the new lawyer has previously accused Jamie Spears of abusing his position of control over her finances, challenging 
Jamie Spears's latest request, the dad, has filed a latest request to fund more than $1 million in attorney's fees. He wants Brittany to pay in a million bucks in his attorney's fees, including $541,000 for, quote, media matters. So in his dealing with the media and the lawyers, he wants her to pay for it. I'll play devil's advocate. I don't know what their contract is. And I do know that uh, he's alleging that her finances went up significantly while he was acting in her best interest. And the numbers could bear that out. Um, so maybe he's entitled to it. I don't know. Oh, oh, a million on. bucks, though, Mark. I don't know about your rates. That's 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 a lot of legal work. A million dollars in legal fees. Hey, that's our- just another Thursday to you, baby. Come yeah, on. yeah. How <laughs> yeah. about a whole lifetime of Thursdays? But partner. it does seem like a, a large amount of money for legal fees in this type of a matter. All right. So let me ask you this. So the conservatorship is going to end and Jamie Spears is going to slink off and they'll do this forensic accounting and figure out whether he's been doing something awful. But what are the odds that it could be reimposed? You know, if she has a meltdown, if she goes through all of her money, she's about to get married. They're saying that we need a new conservatorship, just a a new person in charge of this conservatorship just temporarily until it wraps up because she's going to need a prenup. The dad should not be in charge of it. Um, you know, I, do any of us think that she's perfectly stable? And like, I, I'm concerned about what life holds for her. It doesn't mean I think she should be under the dad's control. But what happened? Could it be reinstated? Someone's got to step up. And who's going to step right. up and say, who's going to step up? Who's going to file the petition in the court, in the guardianship court and say, listen, I, I think she's losing it. I don't, I think she's squandering all her money. Uh, she married this guy. She refused to sign a prenup. Yeah, whatever. They're going to have to have show a judge that in fact she's going off the rails and then they'll have the, they'll start this all over again. But someone has to do that. She, clearly she's not going to do it. I doubt her father's going to do it unless we're totally misjudging the father and he really does love his daughter and he knows things mm-hmm. that we don't know. Mm-hmm. And he knows that she's not right in the head to handle her own affairs. I don't ever see this being reinstated, number one. And number two, just make a list of everybody in Hollywood. You can equally have as much concern for them and their stability or lack thereof than than Brittany on our worst day. I, I think that a conservatorship, again, is reserved for not just the wacky, not for people who are unstable, but people who are like in comas. Right. Yeah, think right, coma. Right. Think of dementia. That's right. what we're talking about. And and her being a little wacky, eccentric, even off the rails. That doesn't do it. Yeah. Well, in what world can Britney Spears put on shows before hundreds of thousands of people live and there's a conservatorship and Hunter Biden can walk around just perfectly fine with nobody overseeing him whatsoever. And by the way, he has access to the Oval Office. (laughs) All right. Uh, Much more on the docket coming up, including me. I'm on the docket and I'll tell you why in a minute. Um, And in 20 minutes, a little less than I'd love to hear your take. I'd love to hear your verdict on the cases discussed. Would you turn your child over to the FBI? If God forbid they got wrapped up in something horrible, or would you help them out? Uh, call us, 833-44-MEGAN, M-E-G-Y-N. That's 833-446-3496. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit Spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. 
Welcome back to the Megan Kelly Show, everyone. Joined today by lawyers Mark Eiglarsh and Arthur Idala, and I want to know your verdict on the cases we're discussing. What do you think about the Britney Spears conservatorship finally ending? Call me at 833-44-MEGAN, M-E-G-Y-N. That's 833-446-3496. And now to the Halloween prank that is likely funny to everyone, unless you witnessed it live. So, okay, this is a case out of Galveston, down in Texas, where a lawyer named Mark Metzger thought it would be funny uh, in the wake of the the killer hurricane or in the wake of the hurricane, Hurricane Nicholas, which shut down courts for the day to go out on the beach under and the Galveston Island Pleasure Pier dressed up as Michael Myers, <laughs> the, the crazy, um, you know, like with the the hockey mask. What's the movie? Why am I forgetting the name of the movie? Halloween. 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 Thank you. Duh. Look, look at the pictures. So they, the police come. He thinks it's going to be funny. The police come. They approach him. And apparently he tries to stay in character as the killer when they when they first got to him. Do we have video of this or is it just the still shots, Debbie? Oh, we have the video. OK, let's watch it. There he is down on his knees. Here come the cops. He goes down on all fours. They're treating him like, like he's a real Michael Myers. <laughs> OMG, you guys. So he, I guess the police received a call about a man walking the beach while carrying what looked to be a bloody knife. And and they went and arrested him. And the arrest stands right now. So what do they charge him with? And why are they doing this? Ridiculous, ridiculous, disorderly conduct. I mean, yeah, give him an award for being a knucklehead. I don't think there's anything funny about it. I think in this day and age, particularly Texas, where four-year-olds have guns, apparently, you're, you're really you're <laughs> going to go out there with a knife and you're going to act like a fool on the beach. I think he's he, he wins the award and he's guilty. The court of public opinion for doing something stupid to me, not funny, but clearly not a criminal act. I would defend him for free if it was here in South Florida. You got a, a lot of work coming your way, you guys. You got a lot of pro bono over here. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> I South mean, Florida, my backyard. I'm not going all the way over there. Sadly, <laughs> Megan, we're, we, you know, we're in a place in our society where, I mean, besides the political correctness, you can't tell a joke, but because of the violence and, and guns and, and cops, you know, walking on pins and needles every moment that they're on the job. Yeah. It's like, as Mark said, you kind of get the knucklehead of the year award. I mean, I I think it's a waste of time to arrest this guy. I think it's Mm. a waste of our criminal justice resources. I think a good swift kick in the butt would have been would have been fine. But they're not allowed to do that anymore. They did that to me, Megan. When the cop caught me doing something silly, he literally grabbed me by the back of my neck. He kicked me in the butt and said, now get out of here. I like Those that. are the good old days. Yeah, I like that too. That that Megan, brings it home. Yeah. Megan, can I ask you something? I honestly, mm-hmm. I, I most of the time I can get it. What you're laughing? What maybe because I don't see the video, right? What's funny? What was funny about it? What, I just think it's funny, funny that the like they have him down on his hands and knees. Like, didn't they realize that this is just some knucklehead? I'm sure the lawyer, as soon as they approached him, was like, "Oh my God, no! I'm not Michael Myers. I I swear, I I'm just like some crank lawyer who's trying to." I guess, bring people a laugh. And it turned, it just got escalated. Even the person taking the video can reportedly be heard saying, what a moron. And it's just sort of like, you see the guy is a dumbass and the cops making a federal case out of it. By the way, for what it's worth, um, according to the Texas penal code, you can be charged with disorderly conduct if you do any of these in a public place. That's the charge. Use abusive, indecent, profane, or vulgar language. No. 
Make an obscene gesture that's likely to start a physical altercation. No, I don't think so. Use chemicals to make a noxious and unreasonable odor. No. Verbally abuse or threaten another person in an obviously offensive manner. I don't think so. Make an unreasonable noise in a public place or near a private residence that's not your own. No. Get into a fight with another person. No. Fire a gun. Display a gun with the intention to scare people. Not a knife. A gun. Nope. Expose your genitals or anus. Oh, wow. They had a lot of genital talk on this show. In a reckless (laughs) manner. In a reckless manner that disregards anyone else. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa. You didn't see him standing there. (laughs) (laughs) Or peek into someone else's home or motel room. Uh, private restroom, shower stall, dressing room for lewd or unlawful. I don't think they got him. And they may they not. I mean, they just want, look, Megan, they're just looking for an excuse to get him off the street. And, they, you know, police officers do that to protect all of us. Uh, uh, you know, it's not that rare that they'll write someone up for disorderly conduct, or at least it's like shooting a, uh, give him a warning. It's really like giving him a warning because usually just so you guys know, once you get into court, 90 not 90 but a big percentage of those cases just get dismissed anyway yeah it's like exactly. okay you're this here going away. gave you a hard time not in texas arthur not not in texas you're right. death, penalties, I, death penalties. I'll, I'll go out on a limb and say this is going away michael meyer will not never have to face charges um all right now on to more important matters my own case so last friday after the show i had to go up to albany in a hurry um because my sister unfortunately is in the hospital and she is still there. I think she's going to be okay, but she had an emergency. And so I drove up there and I was on a road I'd actually never been on before. And I was unceremoniously pulled over by a police officer who wrongly, wrongly accused me of doing 75 and a 55, which I deny, but um, I was issued a ticket and now I'm in the position of having to defend myself. And what is the way out of this for me? Mark will do a pro bono. Let's just start with that. (laughs) The third pro bono case of the segment. So we're good to go. But go ahead, Mark. Tell her what you're doing. Well, only because I know your husband, we can't go with battered woman syndrome. But um, (laughs) okay, that's not going to work. Take that off the table. I love Doug. It's not going to happen. By Um, the way, just to clear up a point earlier, Elizabeth Holmes was not drunk when she was doing her fake. Oh, she was drunk when she slipped into her real voice. Was that the allegation? Yes. Yes. Okay. 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 Sorry. Go ahead. So, Megan, I got to know, not that it's relevant, but like, did the guy recognize you? I don't know. And I intentionally did not play that card. I didn't play the card that my brother's a cop, a lieutenant. I didn't mistake, play any cards. Mistake, I didn't, mistake, I didn't feel mistake. right about it. I really didn't. Mistake. I was like, you know, that's a, sort of a prick move to sort of be like, hey, I'm a and, famous person. You know, and, have you a couple, really, a cop and, and you're certain, you're certain, I'm just curious, that you genuinely might not have been going 75, in yes. other words, but you didn't yes. realize it. In I'm innocent. That I am innocent. Brain, well, like hold, the on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Are you innocent of going 75 or are you innocent of not breaking the speed limit of 55? Just in right. general, I'm innocent. That's all you really need. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, you look Arthur, up in the dictionary, innocent. Arthur, you look Kelly's photo. How is this kind of thing handled? Fifth, like, do I got to go? Do I have okay. to go into the court now? Like, what do I, you know, so, how does, so here, here, for, here, for all you. of our let listeners out there who find themselves in this okay. position, what are we supposed to do? All right, so Arthur, Arthur, first of all, lay off my client. Any of these statements can be used against her. Um, so the first thing, Megan, it, it, it hinges upon the citation. So sometimes they'll put the wrong statute down. 
maybe mm-hmm. like the enabling portion of the statute, which makes it like, all right, on the roadways, we have signs and we have speeds. Okay, that's 316.192. And then you go to the next subsection, it says, but if you go over that, here's what they got to charge you with. So perhaps they put the wrong statute. That's number oh. one. Number two, okay. you wonder whether the guy has had his either um, uh, uh, his vehicle calibrated or radar, right? We don't know what you used. Do you know if he used radar or whether he, he used- didn't, um... He didn't say. Okay, well, okay. How do we know? In other words, how did he determine what your speed was? Well, I, I drove and then I looked at my dashboard. Well, how do we know that that was properly calibrated? Does he have the documents, the annual inspection, the monthly Ooh. inspection to ensure that whatever instrument he was using, strike that, not instrument, whatever machine he was using, because machines make mistakes, um, accurately- calibrated your speed so megan you want to know the like the real answer what you're yeah. gonna do oh, yeah you're gonna go you're gonna go online and you're gonna look at whatever town that's in and you're gonna look at ticket fighting lawyer and you're probably gonna pay about 200 bucks and that lawyer's gonna go into court and he's gonna change it he's gonna ne- negotiate a plea that it goes from a speeding ticket to something that won't put points on your license and you'll have to pay a little fine and you probably won't need to appear and it'll be over you're hired <laughs> Done. I accept I'm not your doing, offer. I'm not doing that, but that, I mean, that's. <laughs> I want There are lawyers that just live in those courthouses, and that's that's basically what they do. And, and, then, and yeah. they know, and they know the tricks of the trade, like I was talking about earlier, in that specific jurisdiction. They know what the magistrate or judge would dismiss based upon, and maybe they've got some defect in the in the citation that can get it. You know, it's like you never know. Isn't it? It's frustrating when you're going with the with the flow of traffic. Right. And you just get singled out for whatever reason, because it's like I all the time I obey the speed limit because I'm generally a scaredy cat on the road. But haven't you been the victim of these lunatics who ride so fast on the road? They they completely like in the Grand Prix. They're cutting you off. They're cutting off other people. The cops, you never see them pulled over on the side of the road. Let me ask you this question. What 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 is what is the um, the moral issue that you have? Forget about the celebrity thing, but what's the moral issue? Because the police officer has discretion of you saying, officer, I'm very sorry. I don't believe I was breaking the speed limit. I may be distracted because my sister, no. my sister, my sister is ill. And by the way, my brother has served on the force for this amount of years. If there's any courtesy you can give my family, it would be greatly appreciated. Now the I balls in his it court. Just, it, it, no way way to say it. it felt uh, wrong to me. I have Go a ahead, better Mark. way to say it. I don't love that. I don't love that because you never question the cop. The minute you say, I don't believe I was doing that, he doesn't listen to anything you say. What you say is, you say, you know what? I am so sorry. Again, if I was speeding, I wasn't even aware of it. Thank you. I'm rushing to hospital because of my sister. And you know what? I do have family members in law enforcement. I'm usually very good at following the law. If I did, I'm so sorry for that. Is okay, there but so, so what I'm gleaning from both of you, though, is that your only chance of avoiding the ticket is to talk the guy out of giving you the ticket 100%. in the first place. Absolutely. There, there's no like getting an innocent finding in a court after the yes. ticket's been issued. Yes. No, I, I, again, maybe where Arthur practices, it depends what, what jurisdiction is. We get a lot dismissed for the reasons that I stated yeah. earlier. Yeah. Yes. Mark's right. I mean, they, they write, they fill out the ticket the wrong way, but usually Megan, you're not going to come lot. in and testify that you're doing only 55 and he's going to testify that you did 75. The judge is never ruling for you. Never. I'll tell you something. Never. I'll tell you something else funny. So I always talk about my mom cause she's such a, colorful character. My mother just, she's hilarious. So I went up and I was with her and, you know, we went to see my sister and my mother has this problem where she can't say names and she can't, she just can't, she calls Dr. Fauci, Dr. Fawcett. She, she thought covert, uh, COVID-19 was covert 12. Um, I could go on. Uh, she thought the lyrics to the following song were 
there's a bathroom on the right. Okay, so this is my mom. Uh, so I spent some time with my mom last weekend, and my mom, she cannot pronounce the name of my new dog. We got it. We have Thunder, who's two, and we just got a new dog named Strudwick, which I guarantee you, it's kind of a tough one, but Strudwick, Strud, 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 Strud. So it got so bad over the weekend. This just is as an aside, because I just wanted to update you on my mom. I started to keep a running list of the number of things that my mother called Strud, Strudwick. Okay, here's here's the list. I just kept adding Struggy, Shrubber, <laughs> Shrugger, Shrudy, Schroeder, Screw, Shredwick, Strudnick, Schwarzenegger, Schwartzy, oh, no. Saltzy, Schnooky, Studwick, getting closer, Shrud, and Scrud. <laughs> okay. Listen, man, you know, you and names are coming. I can relate. My father, who's in his 80s, still to this day believes the guy who's responsible for songs like Born to Run and Born in the USA is named Bruce Epstein. He claims him <laughs> for the Jews for some reason, for us, for our people. And I keep correcting him. Mom, mom, what are you saying? Right now we have this dog trainer working with us um, with our puppy because he's difficult. And um he goes by Dog Commander. And uh, so I kept re- referencing him in those terms. And, and last night I was talking to my mom and she was like, oh, you tell Battalion Chief 95 that I like, who? <laughs> That's her name for she can't. She can't remember any of these things. But she's the same age as Joe Biden, but doesn't have access to the nuclear codes. So we can all be thankful for that. Uh, before I let you go, I've got to ask you about this little ditty. I don't even know if you guys knew this one was coming, but today the ACLU um, decided to celebrate, not celebrate, but commemorate the one year mark of Ruth Bader Ginsburg's death um, by retweeting a famous quote of hers about a woman's, quote, right to choose. And rather than just posting her quote, as you would imagine, the ACLU is also pro-choice, like Bader Ginsburg was, rather than just posting her original quote, uh, which was, and I quote, from 1993. The decision whether or not to bear a child is central to a woman's life, to her well-being and dignity. It's a decision she must make for herself, blah, 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 blah. They changed her words to the decision whether or not to bear a child is central to a person's life, in brackets, to their well-being and dignity, in brackets. When the government controls that decision for people, they are being treated as less than fully adult human. So all the pronouns are changed to they from she. And they, in, in commemorating this woman who spent her whole life fighting for women's rights, have decided to eliminate women from the equation. Ruth Bader Ginsburg has been gone for a year and is in no position to fight back against this editing, which she did not approve or call for. And I gotta tell you, it's pissing me off on so many levels. This is wrong. Your thoughts. Yeah. I'm just shaking my head. I'm just shaking my head. This, this world that we live in, it's just ridiculous. And they shouldn't misquote her in any way, shape or form, whether it's political correctness or to make a point. That's not what quotes are all about. Let's go back to the text as Scalia would say, What is the purpose of a quote? A quote is to exactly represent what someone else wrote or said. And they're just bastardizing the whole thing to make them. I I wonder if they're quoting her saying that she thought Roe v. Wade from a legal point of view was a horrible decision. I doubt they're quoting her about that, which she's also been on the record saying. Mm, I feel differently than both of you. They use the parentheses. And the purpose the of it was to be more inclusive or brackets, oh, right? But, but bullshit. Um, you don't get to mess with somebody's quote to make it more inclusive after the fact and after they're dead. Okay. That's your opinion. I don't, I'm not as offended. 
<laughs> I can't. You know what? If I happen to outlive you, I'm just going to go back and bastardize all of your quotes. I'm, I'm just going to change them all to Megan was right. That would be an improvement. <laughs> That's OK. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put it in brackets. Megan was right again and again. All right, you guys, this has been very helpful. Um, I, I appreciate this. Wait, don't go away because we're actually going to take calls from the from the listeners next. And maybe you guys will have some answers. <laughs> um, so don't don't go. We were going to let them go away, but I don't think we should let them go away. Let Make them stay. What do you guys think of the ACLU changing Ginsburg famous statement or anything we've discussed today? Call me 833-44-MEGYN, 833-446-3496. Do you owe back taxes? Pandemic relief is now over. Along with hiring thousands of new agents and field officers, the IRS has kicked off 2024 by sending over 5 million pay-up letters to those who have unfiled tax returns or balances owed. Oh, joy. Don't waive your rights and speak with them on your own. Tax Network USA, a trusted tax relief firm, has saved over $1 billion in back taxes for their clients, and they can help you secure the best deal possible. Whether you owe $10,000 or $10 million, they can help you. Whether it's business or personal taxes, even if you have the means to pay or you're on a fixed income, they can help finally resolve your tax burdens once and for all. Call 1-800-245-6000 for a private free consultation or visit tnusa.com slash Megan. All right. The phone lines are open. Do you need help fighting a traffic ticket? Call 833-44-MEGYN. Have you found yourself in some sort of a criminal trouble? Call us at 833-446-3496. I've got the guys here who are not expecting you to rely on any of this as legal advice. There's our disclaimer. Um, All right. We're going to kick things off with David in Virginia, who is upset with you, Arthur. And I guess, you know, to a much lesser extent with me. Why, why yes. David? Tell us why. Well, well I, I will tell you. Uh, one of the things I love about you, like my Irish mother, you have no problem cussing because she always used to say all the good cuss words are Gaelic in, in origin. So I'm just <laughs> using the mother's tongue. But my mother told all 10 of us kids that if you ever fucking do something illegal, <laughs> I will drive you to the police myself. If that need, if need be, I will throw you in the fucking trunk and drive you down there and sit in the cell next to you if that's illegal. So mm-hmm. the idea that Arthur said he would – Mark's question was very specific. What would you do if your kid came home and told you he did something heinous or she did something heinous? And Arthur said, I would send my kid to Venezuela. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's Arthur? the difference between the Irish and the Sicilians. Like, we protect our youth, and you guys obviously just throw them. Oh. It's, it's a death penalty eligible case. It's a death penalty eligible crime. I don't care. I am, yeah, I am it, not going to send my son, if he screwed up royally, to go get killed. Now, you may feel differently. Your mom may feel differently. I could speak for my mother, who Megan and Mark know. She would, she would definitely shield me from death. <laughs> yeah, well... It's tough when it's your child. I mean, I understand, but I think your mom may have just been telling you that to get you not to commit a crime. And unless you I, have you committed a crime, David, because, may, you know, unless you did and you went yes, back to her. I, and, have, I oh. have, but my mom didn't know about it. Aha. <laughs> uh-huh. uh-huh. What what was your crime? I was smart enough to, not to tell my mom. <laughs> what did you do? I'm not saying that. <laughs> Even if the statute of limitations are over. Megan, Megan. Tried to lure him in. thank you. Go ahead, Mark. My dad told us us growing up, don't do drugs, because if the drug don't kill you, I will. Well, I'm still here. 
<laughs> yeah, we say a lot of things, but I don't you know, and as you point out, if it's a death penalty case in particular, very scary stuff. Um, Melanie in Indiana has got uh, an interesting question, not not related to our cases today. Melanie, what's on your mind? Yeah. Sorry, not related. Um, but uh, so my question is, Can are there any class action lawsuits out there or what sort of legal standing do you have again, if you have natural uh, immunity to COVID, but they want to force you to be vaccinated? So just mm-hmm. There's going to be. There's, like there's... Put a flag in the sand on it. I don't know if there's a class action based on natural immunity, you know, for folks who are now facing losing their job uh, when they have natural immunity rather than get a vaccine. But we've seen a couple of lawsuits, individual lawsuits pop up that I I don't know that they've been resolved yet. But where where do you see that going if somebody tries to say you can't force me because I have natural immunity? Well, here in New York, Megan, right now, it's, it's a lot of it has to do with the teachers and I've got three phone calls in three days from New York City school teachers who uh, I, 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 one woman is in her mid thirties and she's a teacher and she's harvesting her eggs because she's not married and she wants to have a child. And the doctor's telling her, no, I definitely don't want you to get this. And it's a question of whether the department of education is going to accept that as an excuse to not be vaccinated. I don't know if we're going to wind up in court in front of a judge, um, but there is to answer the precise question. There are no cases that I know of right this second that are pending here in the jurisdiction of New York city on a class action uh, level Mm -hmm. that says, you know, you can't get fired for not getting the vaccine. We saw one case. um, I feel like it was out of the Midwest. It was a college professor who said, you can't make me because I have natural immunity. And that one settled. It went away. He he pushed back on his university and they settled it. But it's going to be an interesting question. We just saw uh, Scott Gottlieb out there saying you still need the vaccine, even if you have natural immunity, because natural immunity expires after a while. But, you know, the immunity under the vaccine may expire after a while, too. It's, you know, no one's taking a hard look at this. And the the absence of a desire for real answers on this is weird and disturbing. Why is everything we rely on coming out of Israel, right? It's like, thank God for Israel that's actually doing some studies and research on the vaccines and the data coming in. Where? What about the United States? We used to be the leader in this kind of thing. All right, want to get into more. I know you guys got to go in. Well, you got to go now. So I'll let you go, Mark and Arthur, but you guys have been champs. Love you both. Thanks for being here. Love the love the Kelly's Court hours. Uh, too thank well. you. Love you well. Bye, guys. Thank you. Uh, but wait, we're not done taking calls, so I'm going to get to, we'll go down to Tim in Texas, who's got some thoughts on the border crisis. Hey, Tim. Hey, uh, Megan, how are you? I'm good. How you doing? Doing good. Hey, I just want to let the people of America know, or especially, I guess, all the red states, but here in uh, downtown Houston, I was driving by, saw two buses of immigrants just get dropped off. No money, no nothing. They're just standing around, just getting dropped off, and it's going to come to any red state uh, near you because they want to fill them up with Democratic voters. And, and who's the man? Who's the daddy rabbit that can put an end to this? Doesn't seem like Wait, anybody. How, how do you know they were immigrants? How, how do you know? Because they were all from Guatemala. And they. Well, uh, how do you know that? Because I saw a Guatemalan uh, flag. Oh. Well, you know, I don't. Uh, you might be right, because we're getting more and more reports about how this situation in Del Rio, you know, they're emptying out. Not It's not empty, but they're removing some of the migrants who are there, but they're just moving them elsewhere uh, in Texas, we're told, to, to other uh, other ports and other places. And only a, a handful have been placed on planes 
back to Haiti, as the Biden administration is telling us. So it's not impossible that you did see what you think you saw and that, you know, we've been talking about on this show about how if you say you're here for asylum, you want asylum, they give you an asylum date and they say show up in court on this date. And only 15 percent of people get asylum. And all the other 85 percent are said, well, sorry, denied. And then they're just pushed out the door, but they're not put on a plane or sent back home. They're here. They're here in the United States left to figure out, you know, it's an honor system to go back home, which isn't very smart. They ship them, you know, take these uh, immigrants and put them in uh, New York or where all these people are. They're just they're just mad at Texas loading us up and, you know, it's going to kill our schools, our hospitals. And again, it's supposed to be we the people. I'm a people and I don't want this. Or yeah. you know, at least have a legal way of doing it. But like, you know, there's no daddy rabbit. It's just, you know, we just take it. And it's supposed yeah. to be we the people. We talked about this yesterday. We're talking about it's very easy for those of us in New York or in some place that's not along the southern border to say, you know, immigration, we're a nation of immigrants. We don't have to live with illegal immigrants coming across the southern border and cutting up our fences or hurting our kids potentially or stealing our cattle or any one of the number of things. I had a rancher on the show just yesterday who found whose husband found hollow point bullets on her property and they cut holes in her fence and she sees immigrants coming across all the time, migrants coming across and go, doing these bailouts out of these cars and running for it. It's just, it's out of control. All right, listen, we have, I think, Le- we have Lisa back with us now. Uh, Lisa from Georgia. You wanted to offer a comment on Gabby Petito? Yes. Hi, Megan. Um, hi. Yeah, I actually, um, my daughter's been missing for eight years, so I'm really thankful oh, no. Petitos didn't have to suffer not knowing anything. Uh, I, I absolutely think that these parents of uh, Brian Laundrie, actually, I think he came home, freaked out. I did this horrible thing. I messed up. And then Mm, sorry, we have a bad connection, but I get what you're saying. You're saying you think that the parents covered for him. And that is certainly how it's looking. I mean, only today we learned, or maybe it was late yesterday, but in the last 24 hours, this business about the neighbor reportedly seeing the parents with an RV too small for three people um, taken off with him. All right. That's what the neighbor is reported to, has reported to law enforcement now. And it was days before they reported their son missing. So how it appears right now, and things can change, is that they gave him a, a head start. And then that in an effort to protect themselves from not getting arrested or in trouble with law enforcement, they then called cops and said he's missing. By the way, the New York Post right now reporting that they spoke to a friend of Brian Laundrie's, and that friend said that Brian is very well versed in survival techniques and could easily survive in the wilderness uh, for long periods of time without any help. Um, I guess that's not that's not surprise surprising. Um, hold on a second. Let me, I think we have time for one more. We'll do a quick one. David in North Carolina, you got a thought on the people underneath the bridge in Del Rio. Hey, David. Hey, Megan. Love you. Um, you. It's so infuriating to just observe the cynicism, first of all, of the Biden administration, moving these people out from under that bridge, knowing that once the pictures go away, the issue goes away. Mm. And and also the complicity of corporate media is going to prove that they're right. And it's just after the last four years of any time Trump breathed the wrong thing, being called a liar and then to see Jen Psaki stand up there and just blatantly lie. And say they don't intend to stay. 
Okay, sure. Yeah, and, and, and the and the only and the only guy that's and the only guy that's calling on him obviously is Peter Ducey. You know the the other yeah. the other you know sheep sit out there and with their mask on and just go. They've out lost interest. I know. God bless Peter Ducey. Thank you. I got to run because we're up against a heartbreak, but I couldn't agree with you more. The media has been disgusting on this story, as so many. Speaking of Fox News, have an exciting announcement for you. Tomorrow on the show, Tucker Carlson's going to be here. We're going to be covering all the latest news, what it's really like to work at Fox. He and I both have some info on that. And lots of personal questions, too. In the meantime, you can download episodes of the show on Apple, Pandora, Stitcher, or anywhere you get podcasts. YouTube.com slash Megyn Kelly if you want to see it. See you tomorrow. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. They say plants like music. Yeah, no, like really, they they respond to the vibrations of it, which means that this playlist you're listening to, the plants are too. You know what else plants like? Organic soil from miracle Grow. It's made with all the best stuff like wood fiber and compost. Plus, it's Omri certified organic, which officially means it's made with superior ingredients. And when you give your plants the stuff that makes them happy, they won't judge you on your iffy playlist. Hear that, plants? So go ahead and give them miracle Grow.